it is an incredible world out there and it's a gift to be living and that's only propelled it through my father's death like it's a gift to be breathing and waking up in the morning Hi everyone, my name is Inherit George Carey and you're listening to Daddy Issues, a podcast dedicated to confronting fatherlessness, but more specifically, fatherlessness in successful people. I want this podcast to prove that regardless of whatever daddy issues you may possess, you can achieve anything you put your mind to. Fatherlessness affects so very many of us and so it's time to start listening to each other's stories and opening up this topic as one that needs to be recognized, heard and confronted. In today's episode, I am talking to wellness entrepreneur and mental health campaigner, Emily Warburton Adams. Her journey started in 2013 as a stewardess on super yachts, which led her to take part on the hit reality TV show Below Deck. Having returned from filming, she decided to start blogging about mental health, sustainability and conscious living. And at just the age of 24, is the co-founder of Pow Food, a company working to transform lives through the power of food, providing sustainable wellness food to workplaces and helping feed London's homeless through the Meal for a Meal scheme. Emily, welcome to Daddy Issues and thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so I was introduced to you through another friend called Emily. Yeah. As when I was telling her about my podcast, Daddy Issues, she said that you have to meet my friend, Emily and she was saying how you were using your social media platform to basically be incredibly open and raw and honest about your very recent loss of your father yes and having then spoken to you a bit more and got in touch um I then learned that your parents divorced when you were very young at the age of four so if you want to take us back to the beginning of your story and I guess, if you have any memory of living with both your parents. Goodness, stripping things back right at the start. I don't <laughs> yeah. know when I last did this. Um, okay, uh, so yes. Um, I mean, I have quite a few mem- memories from before the age of four. I remember um, uh, at one point us all living together. I have a younger sister as well, mm-hmm. who's 18 months younger than me. And... I remember the time where they, when they were together, it being quite volatile. Um, so, and from an early age, I was acknowledging that they were arguing. Um, I remember asking them to stop arguing, and then I got told that uh, Daddy was going away on business, and there was this interim of not, you know, period of of a big life change when we moved house, and my father moved out, and. Um, I didn't wasn't really aware what was happening, but it was you know the process of a divorce and you know mm-hmm. a big life change moving forward. But. Yeah. And do you remember that moment when you had obviously two parents living? And do you remember how you felt when suddenly it was just like because I did you stay with your mum? Yeah, we were living with our mum, and we'd see our dads at weekends. Yeah. Um, and half of every holiday and I suppose it became the norm quite 
quickly what was very what was different about it is i remember then suddenly having uh real quality time with mm-hmm. my father and right. with my mother oh, interesting yeah. rather than it being quite split or having an au pair because we also had an au pair uh-huh. um and then that stopped so Gosh, yeah it was it was very different and the t- type of care with a father was very different you know because we were used to him being part of a family household and then suddenly you know if we stayed over his uh, he was hoovering our hair instead of brushing it and <laughs> dressing us in fancy dress to yeah. go out and putting dog biscuits in our lunchbox to go to school like as yeah. little jokes you know it became yeah. oh, he did it was a single joke. father you know yeah yeah um, that's so good yeah so the type yeah the time we spent with him was very different to when it was in the family home yeah so that. do you think it's it was a it was better time so it was better quality time I think so, definitely, yeah. Um, and that's maybe because the relationship that was an unhappy one had maybe yes. stopped for him as an individual. So yeah. they both were in a happier place, but potentially on their own, to be that parent. Oh, yeah, I think it was a point where they had to... I mean, that obviously had to happen, and there, there's never going to be a right answer. I hear both views, and that's always going to be the case. So I've put that kind of to one side. I put that to a side at an earlier stage, because... There were the early years when I spent, you know, I used to watch Parent Trap and wish yeah. that my, I could get my parents back together. There was definitely yeah. that point. But yeah. um, you accept life for what it is. Then we had, you know, different, you know, two birthdays, two Christmases, yeah, like experiences yeah. and th- that odd kind of, that odd experience of having two different lives. Yeah. Um, and not knowing how to share that with the other parent because they were never really a part of it and it used to bring up emotions with each one of them if they'd hear of experiences that they hadn't been involved in with the other parent right so there was that growing up yeah Yeah. and i read on your website that this is also what drew me towards you huge is that you've been very open as well about mental health and your own experiences and a lot of people who have some fatherless upbringing, a consequence or a repercussion of that is some sort of form of identity crisis or depression or anxiety or mental health. But I love the way that you call it mind health. Yeah. And I think that's so good because it's take, trying to sort of destigmatize this thing, which is for some reason totally- I think it's a softer word so, as well. So much softer. You know? And also the word mental is used as an insult. Exactly, it's got weird connotations with it. Yeah, so, it's a much like, gentler and kinder and also just realistic way to call it I think yeah um but because on the website you said I don't know where that came from like I just suddenly at the age of 13 started having these feelings of self lack of self-worth and not knowing who I was and but I guess my question is because when we've obviously spoken as well you've said what an incredibly close and present relationship you had with your dad which is obviously incredible um and not many of my guests on this podcast can say that. Yeah. So it's amazing having someone who has that relationship with their dad or had that relationship had, yeah. with their dad. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> He's definitely still here. Yeah, yeah, some exactly. sense of the word. Exactly. But, yeah. but I guess my long-winded question is that unknowing of where that all came from, that kind of yeah. freak out age 13, which I think is quite a young age to have it. Do you think that could be to do with this this divorce i mean i i mean dissecting it and i've spent years trying to process um 
and yeah identify what caused it um and there's always going to be multitude Millions, of factors yeah. but i would definitely say that it was a sense of it's always a sense of i mean subconsciously you want attention i think initially at that age as well i slipped into habits that made me feel a certain way and then i got diagnosed and at that age you don't have an identity really you're really finding yourself I wasn't getting on well at school I was at boarding school at this age Mm -hmm. as well and so I was away from home and I you you know so there was no maternal care at night and things anymore and um, (coughs) I did feel that this was um, then being diagnosed with that I took on that diagnosis yeah and it brought my parents together Firstly, for the first time oh, wow. since they'd really divorced, yeah. we started having to. You were spend... diagnosed with what? Sorry. So with... I was with uh, anorexia and depression. Anorexia and depression, okay. Um, and it got quite severe. So I was hospitalised twice over the um, six years or so. Mm-hmm. But it very much was prolonged because I'd say it brought my parents together, together, and oh, yeah. um, and also, like, yeah. I mean, I got attention from it i hate to say that now but it is a very self it is an indulgent um not knowing how to ask for help and it becomes something very serious but it is also the attention of course it is and the care no more than attention maybe the care yeah 100 it was just wanting a numbness as well as to kind of everything going on and the noise and the having to manage the different factors of life like family life yes what were those different factors of life um, we had, well, there was the being at school and then it was the mediating kind of my parents and I had, my dad had a new relation, my dad was in a new relationship and I had a baby brother through that relationship and um, then my mum had a, uh, had remarried as well who, and when I was 16 he passed away. Right. And that reignited things wow. for me quite badly. Yeah. And so I moved home from boarding school at 16 and I went to day school and my mum was grieving um, and it was just a little bit too much I think for me to cope with so I really slipped so that was when it got very bad again yeah and how did he pass away he um, he fell over and had a brain hemorrhage so it was quite oh, it was wow. rapid it was yeah, yeah a shock yeah so I was about so, to swear <laughs> so there's been yeah fuck. there's been yeah there was yeah. a couple of um, and at that point I I mean, he had two sons, and I remember thinking I could never imagine. Like he was close, but he was no means a father figure. Right. Um, and I just could not ever imagine, like losing my father through that. I'd witnessed, you know, the loss that his sons kind yeah. of experienced, um, and my mum's experience through it. Um, and yeah, it's crazy when it's actually you in the yeah. Dry, yeah. Did you ever think? when your dad died did you ever think back to that moment and think like oh my god I do now quite a lot regularly like it really brought me back to him passing and the yeah. fact that I've like lost those two kind of father figures yeah. as it were um, yeah because I yeah it's did you ever have that thing where you look back at that person and you think you're kind of invincible before anyone dies in your family. Yes. I don't know how to explain it, but it's like, that would never happen to me. But you don't think it in an arrogant way. No. But I don't know, because we were different ages, but one of my friends died when I was 
young that's age seven. Oh wow yeah and i remember he died of leukemia and i remember oh. thinking and it was the same literally months before my dad died in a car accident and i remember being like really sad but thinking god will um like it's protect my you just family. don't connect with it happening yeah. to you you just um, don't you just think yeah i don't know how to explain yeah. it but then and, so looking back it's quite weird to go back to that self that felt so protected by yes i don't know and i mean i mean i've had lot i have had loss so i'd experienced kind of i suppose these life transitions through there was the kind of divorce and then my stepfather passed away and i'd had my grandma pass um and i'd and i'd kind of recovered from my own mental health issues and things so i'd had that there's experience of getting over things and learning about life adapting and changing yeah but then this has hit me in a totally different way um yeah because it's yeah it just does <laughs> yeah so how so tell us now about how your dad's passed away so my father it was quite a rapid um kind of period of uh illness mm-hmm. um but he passed away from cancer um and we found he was diagnosed last august and then he passed away five and a bit months later uh-huh. so wow. yeah it was very rapid um he was in the uk and he had been diagnosed with uh he was having pains and things and he was diagnosed with uh hemorrhoids and other things and uh then he was in he flew to asia on business mm-hmm. and he had an accident um and they basically i don't know that they opened him up and they and they found a 15 centimeter tumor and then and it had perforated and gone everywhere right um and out there they said they could have took on the chemo uh route yeah um and he struggled onto any hope he could which you would in that sense but there was it was denial right up until the very end right which was quite difficult to cope with and he was in malaysia so we couldn't fly him home Mm -hmm. um yeah because that's an extra trauma isn't it if someone dies in a, yeah. another country to just get them home exactly the repatriation and everything and the point I mean he just deteriorated so rapidly and it was a very odd experience to have someone who you know there was a few it seemed like because by because by uh, September, October November so two and a half months or so yeah off, down the line he was like a 90 year old man who couldn't walk um, and only a couple of months before he had been like a vibrant like life filled a yeah. 54 year old yeah. who you know was in London and working and you know we were out for dinner and it just seemed totally different I was feeding him yeah. um, and I was flying out there kind of flew on two occasions for almost a month's period what flying back and forth from Malaysia and then how long were you staying there for? so I was staying there for three weeks to a month wow. and then flying back again yeah um and it was very intense being there because I've got no like I had no family there or Are friends you, have you got any brothers or sisters yeah so I have a younger sister and she flew out with me right on both occasions um and then my brother's 13 half brother right um so this your dad's son yeah yeah um so he flew out on there was a point where because we thought maybe they thought maybe we'd be able to fly him home and he was clinging on to hope yeah um, but when he asked for my brother to fly out kind of quite late on and 
and he passed away the day after my dad my he passed away the day after my brother flew back so oh, he was waiting he? yeah oh wow you always hear about those stories don't you when people then just need to see like one more person yeah and then it's almost like he was just ready he had to off the, yeah. yeah their soul or whatever is like okay I can checking go now. out now yeah. yeah and so you told me yesterday that your dad was very much the person throughout your life that even though you your parents were separated um or divorced actually yeah um he was very much the person you used to speak to that you confided in and he was like you were both incredibly close with each other yes so tell us about that i think i mean from a very early age um I've always just, I mean, I was his firstborn and I think we did have a, I, I've only appreciate it now from speaking with people, but we yeah. haven't a closer relationship than I ever really, uh, what's, what's the word? Um, I took it for granted, I think a little bit, which you do. We all do. He would be the first person I, I rang or if I had any news or if I wanted to ask a question about most things in life like we didn't really have any secrets we mm-hmm. we were had a friend like a matey relationship as well as him being a very protective father yeah um and why do you think you were drawn to like were you, are you also close to your mum with yeah I'm also I'm very close to my mum but being two women I think our relationship is a lot more heated yes and, um, and, and we run a co- with each other um, and we run a company together now right um, I see you ran power with your mum yes so Amazing. we're co-founders for family business that's incredible yeah and my dad was really proud of it at the end which yeah. is like really meant. yeah meant a lot and uh, it's improved my relationship with my mother a lot as well which yeah. is great but yeah my father it was very much kind of yeah, I mean, I think men can think a lot more logically as well. I've just always respected having that person in my life. <laughs> Not sure about that. <laughs> I Sometimes it's like they take emotion out of things. Right, yeah, yeah. And yeah. he was, and we just, yeah, we just had, we knew everything about each other. And when I was working abroad, because obviously I was, I was away for four years, um, he would come and visit me. Was that over. filming? It was filming and on the yachts as well. Yes. Because I did an Atlantic crossing and I was all over the Med and Caribbean. He would fly uh-huh. out and visit me. Oh, amazing. And, uh, you know, like, he always wanted to see into my life. Yeah. And we spoke every day. So he was very present throughout your whole he life. He was very present with that. And I, th- yeah. I think, like, yeah. It's, yeah, he made, yeah. And then when it happened, what was the feeling there with other than like complete loss but was it oh I felt numbness or there was some numbness uh I think there's been a real there's been a very uh, there's been a period of feeling like I am in a thicket of uh like not being able to see the wood from the trees and not being able to process or think with any clarity at all um and then there's some guilt that comes with that because you're not getting on with life it was like I was in the fast lane on on a motorway and yeah. everything was spinning around me yeah. and I just wasn't moving uh, but needing to because life moves on and I've you know there's periods of kind of thinking okay I can take a step back and give myself some more time uh, but it's just an everyday like having to wade through what is go- happening uh, and then there's different periods that hit you because um, you know at the beginning there was 
that not, you know not being able to think with any clarity or really function properly like everything was bare minimum i had to strip a lot of the stuff i was doing in life yeah to just do every day uh every essentials day comes, yeah. yeah uh and now i picked up the moment the momentum a bit again uh but the realities kicked in a bit more as well so it's you suddenly kind of realize that they're not coming back Mm-hmm. and that's a really difficult new stage <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah I actually yeah I saw on because on your Instagram you have what are those little things called where yeah on the, the highlight reel on the, the highlight hi- oh, yeah. I hate it with the highlight reel because yeah. it's not really a highlight <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's kind of... oh my god <laughs> the highlight the highlight reel called daddy <laughs> <laughs> that's so bad <laughs> oh my god it's fine a bit dark humour there um, yeah, <laughs> and I clicked on it this morning, and honestly, I just like started crying because I was just you put on these incredible quotes about grief and just seeing your dad and like you look so similar. And... <laughs> oh, I a lot of people say that. <laughs> yeah, and just but also then seeing how I don't know where if it was on your Instagram that I read this or if it was on your website, but how you still now think that it's all just a mistake yeah it's a mental coping strategy it's almost yeah. it's a nice it's actually a nicer place to be when it's in disbelief rather than when it's raw and real totally so the pain in that is real really quite overwhelming yeah um have you what's have you been so talk me through the stages that you've so, so far that you feel like you've been through with him i mean because it was only four months ago yeah right? yeah so like very like soon i mean i haven't I suppose I've only had like short periods of each one and they are very like they come and go so there's no like like there's Coherence. no yeah completely this um so there, there'll be days now where I mean there's been the disbelief I've had some I've had anger mm-hmm. uh I've been very angry at the situation and the fact that because I didn't because he was in denial until the end we never really got to say goodbye properly right um and there were points where i tried and what would he do i think what i tried yeah once really and he started crying and it was only through me asking a question and trying to delve into memories that of his that i hadn't ever asked about things like that yeah um but he just started crying and he said like i need a bite like a bind uh what's it called a binary vision here like this only one way I can go I'm gonna be here I'm gonna hold my grandchildren I'm not going and that was just that it was like shut down uh and that was, was really difficult to think move forward with because I knew that that wasn't gonna happen yeah um and there's yeah it's just that kind of accept this yeah periods of acceptance and then not acceptance acceptance and disbelief and uh yeah many things I've even I mean I've rung a psychic to try and speak with him I don't know if you've done oh my god I've literally <laughs> so tempted to do this yes but it's so comforting yeah, to do yeah. so because you do I'm feel like, like can speaking. you <laughs> I mean, yeah no I found it comforting I felt yeah. like I'd actually spoken with him for half an hour yeah yeah because yeah. you know she was saying things that she like by no means anyone would know like you know the, like little traits that he did or like things that he said to me in words that no one else would know he used yeah and it was oh yeah oh my god that's so weird can yeah. you pass me this guy's number <laughs> <laughs> yes I need a psychic in my life <laughs> um yeah and 
so going back to with your dad and his coping with his own death yeah because you were like you're age 24 aren't you i'm 25 now yeah 25 now 24 24, yeah so that's like you're very present in knowing what's what's right now happening what's going to happen and so maybe coping with someone's complete denial of their own fate or destiny what was that like for you that was it was very bizarre and i think it came with everything around the role reversal where he'd become someone we had to look after mm-hmm. rather than him being someone who looked after me like he was always going to be my father but the role of looking after someone like had switched you were, i was feeding we were feeding him we were having to you know help him lift things and wash him etc um and it was like this kind of baby like yeah switch and so the fact that he wasn't being uh i mean like it's not adult thinking but he wasn't taking on uh, what was really happening and it was like a place of denial and it was almost like treat, treating a little boy yeah not knowing and having to be very soft and accommodating around yeah that and it was just all part of the role reversal yeah and how do you think that would have affected your sorry also can i just say i just said fate or destiny which was really cringy i was like your dad's fate or destiny (laughs) sorry i'm not like it's because we spoke about psychics i'm just like i didn't um, acknowledge but how do you think so his denial of his own death yeah do you think that's affected your grief because say for example if a parent or a loved one is accepting of their death they're at peace with that do you think the fact that he wasn't has hasn't had an effect on your peace with his death i think so no definitely because there were things that you want I mean, in an ideal world, you'd want them to have left you or to have said and conversations to have been had. Yeah. That haven't. That they're at peace. Yeah. With what's about to happen. Exactly. Yeah. Um, And we didn't get any of that. And he, you know, he didn't get that. And I think that was also part of him being in another country. Um, In the UK, you get pastoral care and a counsellor to help that process. Oh, wow. Um, because the deterioration was so fast it wasn't like it was an accident um and just you know i can't imagine the fear that he had and with no one to kind of push him to speak about it or or speak about it you know yeah Um, yeah and did he not speak to anyone about it no no just complete denial yeah yeah um and when we tried and we kind of brought it up it apparently like induced panic attacks and from then on he needed like you know to always be on oxygen things uh and then that was a horrible burden of feeling like we had made yeah Yeah. made that happen (laughs) um but i don't think it had you know had it was a conversation that needed to have been uh brought up but yeah no one was doing it yeah and looking at sort of the sort of father figures and um this podcast obviously being about fatherlessness yeah so you've lost your dad obviously very recently having had this figure in your life who you were very close to and that obviously being gone now yeah do you think about how that might affect you later down the line i do and there's a i mean there's a there is a definite drive of energy and uh kind of legacy that you want to carry on through a death of a parent 
and or like not having someone present and you know I want to do him proud and I do take that with me and it propels me to kind of have a feeling of being able to get through anything now and working through the motion and you, you kind of cut a lot of crap out of your life I hate to say I don't know if I can spell this um, you can definitely okay. spell this <laughs> uh, you just you know you, you know what you can give energy to um, yeah. and who deserves your energy and what deserves your energy and there's definitely that so you, your time and focus becomes a lot more prior- yeah insular exactly or like is that the right word or? I don't know why well, focus was the right <laughs> word it becomes a lot more focused but I'd used it twice so I wasn't going to use it again <laughs> Um, and then there is that other flip side of uh, huge. There is a fear because there the comfort has gone, security is gone, as to kind of someone to fall back on and knowing who to reach out to. There is a definite void there that I don't, and I can only fill it internally. But I'm looking out at the moment to try and fill it because that's only natural, um, and it means I'm kind of, you know making my way through negative relationships with people and not knowing who to reach out to and ask questions to and reaching you just learn who is around you and who's not around you a lot more because there's a figure who was there every day that answered a lot and was there for me and suddenly he's not there and I've really realised that there's a lot of my time left to fill now yeah that's so interesting as in like everything you just said because a lot of like other guests that I've interviewed have said exactly the same as you but they either like didn't have a father or yeah. they lost their father at a young age which you're still very much young but as in like childhood yeah. or teenagehood um, but the same thing and this is why I'm so interested in this correlation between sort of fatherlessness and success is like the propelling yes. of, of wanting to sort of make them proud or be noticed by them yeah. like whatever circumstances it is that this loss can bring so rather than it like for you for example like it's amazing how this isn't making you think like stuck it's not making you feel stuck and stunted no. it's pushing you back even more out there than you already are definitely yeah which is incredible that you've got that energy and that sort of drive to then keep that yes but also what I find interesting is how you said that there's this, now you're describing the void, which obviously usually is kind of like, if you've lost a parent younger, is that void that then, but you're just discovering this void now for the first time because you've had this incredible sort of person to yeah. lean on and get advice from your whole life. And so I was wondering how, in terms of like being a position where you had your father for 24 years, how do you think a father sort of how do you think his role was the sort of universal father because your father was a wonderful father how do you think he what role does he play in terms of your sort of growth and understanding of the world and understanding of yourself I'd say what I'm having to internalize now is he did feed a sense of uh like me actually being is oddly I didn't know I kind of I got this from him but a sense of being a strong woman who's worthy of only the best um man to come into my life and uh the expectations to be high of what what I should be aiming for and aiming to achieve um and different qualities of uh 
a character and of a woman that makes you beautiful that I I just don't I don't know but I haven't been given that through women in my life mm-hmm. it's been through my father um and oh that's so interesting that you just said all that yeah because that's exactly where pe- like girls especially I think can sort of that's where what they lack if they haven't yes. had a father in their life so yeah that's really interesting that you and it, I mean and I've acknowledged since yeah it, and that's not for everyone but, no it's not for everyone but and for the, it, it is to generalize it, it just takes a development and a self-growth to internalize that and have it within yourself um and some people do organically I think and through other figures in their life um but I got that through my father and I'm I think through what I've been through and the insecurities I, I as a teenager now I've lost that again I am I am seeking it I'm trying to find it rather than working on myself which I've got to do to feel that way but it is a place that I am at now with having to what say that again so you've you're seeking like I'm seeking that um that role that he had not I suppose that role but what he gave me yeah um that strength yeah and it was a strength and something to fall back on uh yeah and you're and like that like you said you're like just feeling completely worthy and that you needed someone yeah good enough for you yeah and you didn't need to go and find love from man yeah because you already had it exactly and now i'm i'm like you know you're seeking that in other places and it's i'm not seeking a father figure i'm seeking you know i want I'm not feeling full my, fulfilled myself because of that loss. I think yeah. at the moment, yes, yeah. a place I haven't been before. Yeah, so just working through that. Yeah. yeah, God, that's so interesting. Sorry, I keep saying it's so interesting because it's. <laughs> <laughs> I could edit some of those out. <laughs> that's so interesting, but it really is. It's like role reverse of like lots of people that I've spoken to, including myself. You've just discovered not to drill it into you, but it's that void that you have is like you know you lose your father or you never have a father and you're describing it but switched because you've had all those precious years with him and then now it's like oh my god and it doesn't matter what age you lose your dad that comes and like luckily I guess for you you've had that grounding and that stability from him in those very vulnerable years of growth on your website it says I'm a firm believer that it's not what you've been through but how you respond to life experiences that's important tell me about it. no it's very much about that because I suppose it's uh it's the attitude you take moving forward into life experiences to how you know how you then move forward yeah um and did you find that because when you were very ill is did that kind of wisdom come from being ill and and getting at it's so difficult to recover from anorexia exactly I think, and depression of yeah. course but depression I mean yeah it's, I mean, they, it's they, not they, fair they hold hands and it does yeah, yeah definitely I mean I would say de- 100% there were points where I could never imagine uh, having got you know getting out of it and it was it is a really difficult climb where like sometimes you know even I've gone through this but previously to the kind of this encounter with my father I would have to pinch myself in the morning sometimes just to being here where I am now and the fact that you know I like you I say no to like I don't say no to opportunities and the drive I've got for life and I had for life through recovering was 
we're huge like you know it is an incredible world out there and it's a gift to be living and that's only propelled it through my father's death like it's a gift to be breathing and waking up in the morning and through experiences experiences make us us stronger if we embrace them in the right way um and it's fine to have weaker moments and then build and grow through that and i'm just in one of those transitionary periods now and do you find, because obviously the reason why we're connected is because that you're you're being so incredibly open about your father's death and your grieving period and your relationship with your father on your social media. And so in terms of healing, is that helping you by, by sharing this with other people? So social media is a bit of an odd one, I suppose. So my platform happened quite overnight per se and organic because of the the show yeah and i having it i thought i would use a platform for you know sharing things that i believe in and messages that you know are true to me and to start kind of unraveling about mental health and things because i always spoke in a certain way and i think for a lot of people it didn't really connect as to why i was like that until i came out about my mental health story Mm. i ran a campaign i started you know being an investor for some organizations and speaking on panels and it unraveled like that and uh with the journey with my father it was a difficult decision uh initially i mean i suppose because i'm quite present and on instagram a lot and it is one of my running a startup uh and a business instagram is quite a valuable secondary mode of income and something and it's a tool that yeah (laughs) and it's a tool that i do value and uh, you know there are days where i don't go on it and i'm just like i don't really kind of care but um i do uh it was it is a cathartic thing to share things through it i found that through uh like my sharing stories about mental health and also the value that other people get in being open and sharing what i do and i think with it was a i mean initially initially because of my father's denial it was a tricky one to start opening up about it Um, i can imagine and how that happened was uh we uh we so he wanted to we were raising money to fly him home basically mm-hmm. so we started raising this money to fly him home and uh i shared it i had to really keep my following because people were donating mm-hmm. and we raised i raised thirty-seven thousand pounds oh my god yeah. that's amazing so i had to really connect and keep my following a part of this journey and being with my father and yeah. what was happening it was like that it was well. exactly it was they only were on true. the journey with you yeah. um and i wouldn't have really chosen to do that but it was a rec- my father really wanted it was a request Mind and yeah. i only felt that they had to be a part of it yeah. and i had to do it in a certain way that was true to me to do it yeah um and at the end we didn't fly him home but we kept everyone very updated i gave back a lot of the money some of it uh was used of like donating to charity and mm-hmm. then the rest was used for memorial services flying his ashes home cremate, cremating them and, yeah. uh, and uh, some hospital fees as well yeah. that we were left with because we were yeah. left with quite a bit yeah. um, and yeah that was an incredible tool for the network what? for that so I only feel like what a moment of moment, like it was the most supportive oh, you know gives me tingles, I know and right? I never thought and you know I never thought it would have the yeah, so it's it, it's an odd network for me now because I feel like... So close. It is so close yeah. and they've been through this journey and it opened up a lot of people going through similar journeys and 
they, I had such generosity come through and it's, yeah. it was just overwhelming. Um, yeah. And it was overwhelming for my father as well to see that and the, yeah. you know, we were planning to bring him home and with the repatriation and it was always a fear for me that he wouldn't be able to, but we got quoted through uh, like, if he had certain, you basically have to, like they rip out two aisles on a plane and right. put yeah, in yeah. so you have to pay for a certain number yeah, of yeah, like yeah. plane seats in a certain area and pay for a doctor to be on board and the ambulance both sides like there's so many additional costs yeah so we had this quote and we were just trying to push it through and there was just never a right time between the chemo sessions and between like yeah. finding housing in a hospital for when he returned and yeah it just got too late right but yeah it was the most incredible supportive yeah and just yeah just to see that regardless of like just you know obviously the great financial sort of yeah outcome for all those huge expenses but just to see people wanting to help yes. must have been just the most heartwarming comforting exactly yeah grounding completely. experience yeah and maybe like even helped your grief because it just you kind of became a family with your followers does that i don't know so that's why i yeah i'm so open about the sharing and i posted you know about the uh the eulogy i wrote and yes uh all of those other additional factors because they have really helped me on the journey with everything really yeah um, and how can we find your website so you can show people your blog <laughs> it is uh english-emily.com yeah yeah just wanted to get that one out there <laughs> um so people can have a look at what you write because it's really amazing i loved listening i loved reading it when i was sort of researching oh. about you earlier <laughs> Um, but also, so we kind of need to wrap up soon, yes. sadly. Um, well, I could stay here forever. But I guess I want to ask a few more things because I feel like we've spoken lots about your dad. Um, but we haven't... I've, well, I want to know what he was like. Okay. So can you describe to us in as many words, as little words as you want, how... What, what, what made your dad? Who was he? He was... <sighs> He, he was the life and soul of the party um he never really stood stayed in one place for too long mm-hmm. he loved to uh travel and probably he, as his, his children were his pride and joy mm-hmm. he spoke about us too much um, <laughs> um and uh he had a very close group of friends that you know, new friends and old friends who he's known since he was five years old. I went to the same school as him as well. Oh, did he? Yeah. Um, So we do have, you know, his friends that he had when he was five and they're still, reach out to us now and see Mm -hmm. how we are. And we see, he saw them weekly. Um, And uh, that's really nice. He, yeah. Well, I mean, I said in the eulogy, like his work was his raison d'etre, like, he loved working. What was his Always work? up to... He's a bit of a wheeler dealer. Always up to something new. Brilliant. Um, Entrepreneur. Ma- yes. Many a projects. Always, like, setting things up, selling it. Mm-hmm. Um, working with different people. Getting into new industries. It was mm-hmm. always an interesting conversation hearing what he was doing next. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I love that. From, like, snowboard shows to makeup to, like, it's yeah. just, like, never-ending. So I've definitely taken that with me as well. Like, it's very entrepreneurial. Yeah, yeah. Um, and creative. Yeah, um, amazing. Yeah. And this is the question I always ask everyone at the end of the podcast. But if your dad was listening to... 
This podcast, I know, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but if he was listening to you right now, what would you want to tell him? Goodness. Um, that, I don't know why I said so much. <laughs> um, I want to tell him that he, he made me proud as my father. Yeah. And he did, yeah. You know, I wouldn't change him for the world. Oh, well, thank you so much. <laughs> You've been amazing. Thank you for having me on. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Daddy Issues with Emily Warburton Adams. To listen to someone who so recently lost their father, who'd been a pinnacle point of contact and presence their whole life, describe the same emotions and fears that I and many others that I've spoken to describe having grown up without their father was incredibly interesting to me and how the same experience parallels regardless of what age you are. As always, please don't hesitate to get in touch with us via our website, www.thedaddyissuespodcast.com. A special thanks goes out to Warren at Walkie Productions, who did all my sound, and Aaron and Ben at Interface, who did my website and graphic design. Make sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and Spotify to stay tuned with new episodes and, of course, spread the Daddy Issues message. Have a lovely rest of your day and thank you once again for listening. Thank you.